0: It's all about Jesus, is what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, so would you grab your Bibles today and go to the New Testament book of Matthew, the first chapter, and let me welcome all of our campuses today as you're doing that. My name is Eddie Couples, I'm the lead pastor. For Love and Truth Ministries and week in and week out we gather together at different locations but we come together to go to the Word of God. And so get ready to receive what God has for you right where you're at today and we welcome you today. The book of Matthew, the first chapter, uh, is of course the the place that normally we go to at this time of year. Uh, Over the past couple of weeks we've been talking to you about it's all about Jesus. That this season, this Advent time that we are in, is in reference to Jesus. We talked the first week about the promise, how that in the book of Genesis, in the very beginning of time, uh, that God made a promise uh, to mankind that he was going to send a Savior. Uh, last year, we, excuse me, last week, it feels like last year sometimes, doesn't it? Last week, uh, we, we talked about before time, that even before time began, that the Bible says that a lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. Today, I want to talk about the miracle. I want to I show us today that this whole thing about Christianity, and actually this whole thing about Christmas, is all wrapped up in a miracle. So would you look in the book of Matthew, the first chapter, we're going to read verses 18 through 23, and here's how it goes. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. See, we, re- we read that because we're used to it and we kind of go, oh, okay, let's keep reading. No, stop for a minute. Really? She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I understand. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're talking about this whole thing about a miracle. Now, let me just give you the definition of what miracle means. Miracle means an event not explicable by natural or scientific laws. Now, how many of you know that most people have trouble with miracles? Come on. I mean, you you read that. If you take yourself out of the setting of 2,000 years and, and having maybe been raised around the church and around the things of God and you were to read that where it says the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she got pregnant, you'd go say what? I mean, it, it would be in that moment, it would be in that time, and, and yet, you, you know what, isn't is um, uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting, I got to thinking about that, isn't it amazing that a baby that was born in a manger 2,000 years ago can cause traffic jams this week? Now that's a miracle. Right, I mean, you, you can't get out on the road on the weekend because there's somebody trying to head to the mall or they're headed to a store. Or they had, and, and it's all because this baby that was born, and, and a lot of times we, we don't understand that. You know what? I think that we ought to be thankful for this season. Uh, we, we, because let me, let me help us as believers today. Um, if, if there were no Christmas, there would be no Christians If Jesus Christ had not been born on this earth, if He had not come as a babe, if He had not come in the way that He came to this earth, you and I would not be able to to be believers today and to have a relationship with Him. I think this, we Christians ought to enjoy Christmas more than anybody. Amen. We've got to get over this uh, Scrooge mentality. Right? I mean, we've bah humbug. Uh, I went the other day and and I bought some uh, some pajamas. I bought some 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 wear around the house and I, and I got the Grinch. <laughs> I, I just thought, you know what? Let's let's express how I can feel sometimes. So I got these, I went to Target and got these fuzzy wear around the house, uh, and and they they got the Grinch all over them. And and, and how many of you know sometimes you're the Grinch? Sometimes this whole thing about Christmas, you kind of go, oh, good Lord, I wish you'd hurry up and get over with. I, you, you know, when, when you were a kid, you couldn't wait for Christmas to get here. You couldn't wait for all, "Yeah, we're we gonna go to grandma's this day, and we're gonna go to other grandma's this day. Gonna, where are we gonna go? And now we, we're fussing and fighting because we gotta go to some in-law's house <laughs> and we don't particularly like. And, but you know what? As, as Christians, Christmas ought to be the time that we enjoy more than any other season except the season of Easter. Uh, When when you begin to study it, what you find is, is that Christmas is the first great miracle of the Christian faith. You say, well, Pastor, there were miracles before that. That's not what I said. I said it's the first great miracle of the Christian faith. It is the aspect of Jesus Christ coming to this earth that produces this thing called Christianity. It is the first miracle that we see. And, and what I'm talking about today, I'm referring to the virgin birth. I'm referring to this thing that I read about in Scripture uh, where it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. I mean, when, again, when you read that, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was, was pledged to be married. We would call that she was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, in other words, let me just break it down for you. Before they had sex. Why you all looking at me like that? You're like. Yeah, like I'm saying something, your, your kids hear worse than that every day. Uh, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, that kind of stretches my brain. That kind of makes me think, what is, what is this all about? Um, the, the, the creeds of the church down through the ages have, have made some... Uh, some stabs at trying to explain this in fact consider the Apostles Creed here's here's what the Apostles Creed says I believe in Jesus Christ who was conceived of the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary what are we doing We're, we're trying to wrap our brains around how this miracle took place how that it came about that now here we are 2,000 years later and we're saying we didn't see the birth. We, didn't, we weren't there when it happened. But we still believe in this moment uh, that it is a true reality in the life of humanity. Uh, the, the point uh, that, that we need to understand is that the fundamental fact of the Christian faith is, is that Jesus Christ came to this earth and became one of us. That God, the Bible says, robed himself in flesh and lived among us. The New Testament, hear me, the New Testament clearly declares that the virgin birth actually happened. It's, it's not uh, that, well, maybe it did and, and, well, you can have different ideas or, you know what, it's not really that important if she was a virgin or she wasn't a virgin or how it came about. You know, Jesus was just a good teacher. No, no, no. Either Jesus was the Messiah or this whole book needs to be thrown out. He, he cannot, listen, let me just stop for a minute. He cannot be just another enlightened master. He cannot just be another good moral teacher that came to teach man how to live better. He is either God-robed in flesh or he was the biggest con artist that ever lived. And he died, hold on for a minute, if that's who he was, then he died a fool's death. But if he is who we say that he is, that He is the Messiah, that He was born of a virgin, that He did come to this earth to save mankind from their sins, then you and I have a hope that in this world, but not only in this world, that after this world, that we have an assurance of a better life. That's what it means. That's what this miracle is all about. That's what this season is all about. All the gift giving, all the going to see relatives, all those things that happen is about the miracle of Jesus Christ being born. But I want to tell you, there's some reasons to doubt. Amen. Right, man? I mean, there, there are some reasons to doubt this. Number one, the number one reason is it's a miracle. That, that's, you, can't, you cannot explain that. How many of you struggle with some things in your faith at times? The rest of you didn't hear me. <laughs> I mean, the, have you ever tried to think about eternity? Living forever and ever and ever? Have you ever thought about hell? I mean, no, I'm, I'm being, there, there are aspects that I just go, wow, I don't, I don't know, I, I have trouble with this. Now, maybe I shouldn't say that because, you know, I'm the, I'm the man of God. <laughs> but, but there are aspects of this, this whole thing that at times you just go, you know, by, by definition, as I've already given to you, miracles are beyond human explanation. We, we can't get there. We can't wrap our brain around. I got, I got to thinking, I thought, you know what, in, in this world in which we live, there are so many things that we accept that we don't understand. Think about it for a minute. There, most of you don't understand the combustionable engine of a car. But you'll go out there in just a minute and you'll either turn a key or punch a button and expect that thing to start up and not blow up. And yet there's fire and gasoline in that engine. Right? And I found out as a kid, you mix fire and gasoline, you can get in trouble quick. But we, we, we you know, I mean, really, do you understand the Internet? Come on. Now, there, again, there are some of you that, that you know, are techie and you kind of, the rest of us, all we know is, is that you plug it in and it works. We don't understand. I, I was, listen, I was in the car this past week. I, I, somebody was driving me somewhere and, and I was texting, I was doing a group text, but the, one of the people that I was group texting was somebody in the car with me. <laughs> I didn't want to tell them what I was telling them. So I sent the group text out. It went somewhere up into space and bounced off of a satellite and came back down and knew exactly where that guy was. I don't understand that. Or maybe you do. I don't understand. I mean, there, there are so many things that I don't understand, and yet I believe. Why is it that when it comes to this whole aspect of the Christian faith that we have trouble with this? You know, the book of Luke, the first chapter, the 35th verse says, the angel answered, this was when Mary is having this discourse with the angel, and it says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary goes, I don't understand this. In fact, one place the Bible says, and Mary pondered those things in her heart. The, The verb overshadow there, what I just read to you, speaks of the direct personal presence of God. God sent an angel to tell a little, hang on, a little 15, 16-year-old girl that God's presence is going to show up in your life, He is going to overshadow you, and you're going to have a baby. Now, that's a miracle. I don't understand it, but it's a miracle. But I understand why people struggle to understand. The, the second reason to doubt uh, is because it's an unexplainable miracle. It, it's it's unexplainable. It's, in fact, in Scripture, nowhere are we told exactly why Jesus was born this way. Now think about this for a minute. I mean, God could have done it any way he wanted to. Right? He, he could have chosen. How, but Scripture does not tell us. The the intricacies of how that all came about, it's kind of, it's just given to us and said, okay, believe this, have faith, and and follow through with this." I'll give you another thing. It's not mentioned outside of Matthew and Luke. This whole virgin birth thing is found in Matthew and Luke. Only two of the four Gospels even mention it. Now... Here's what either unreligious people or liberal religious people will say. See, it's not that important. And so therefore, let's not even talk about it. Well, let me tell you something. If God says anything one time, you better listen. If God puts something out there and says, hey, this is what's going to be, then you know, you, you might ought to listen up. There's a lot of people who deny the virgin birth. There are even pastors who will stand in the pulpit and who will say, Jesus was not born of a virgin. Well, I dare to disagree with them. I believe that the Word of God is clear that Jesus was born of a virgin. And if I cannot take that as a miracle from God, then I can't believe anything else I mean, how how can I believe that Jesus can save me from my sins if I don't believe that his birth is supernatural? I mean, let let me say it this way. If you deny the virgin birth, you still have to account for Jesus. Historically, he is a historical figure. He has impacted the human race more than anybody in all of history has impacted the human race. So what do you do with him? If you don't accept the virgin birth, then where did he come from? Whose son was he? Well, he was Joseph's son. Really? You think a carpenter's son could have that much influence that 2,000 years later, we are still rallying around who he was, what he did, and what he is going to do? Well, he's just a figment. He's just a historical analogy of something greater. Really? So were the writings of Shakespeare. Come on. The writings of Shakespeare are some of the greatest writings in the history of the world. But I don't see anybody who's willing to lay their life down for Macbeth. I don't know anybody who can quote "Double, double toil and trouble, fire burning cauldron, and bubble"? I've Newton, hair of dog, tongue of something, something, something. That's how much I remember from tenth grade reading of the stories. I don't see anybody who's willing to give their all, and yet Jesus Christ has been able for two thousand years to change the course of history. You say, well, Pastor, if those are the reasons to doubt, then what are the reasons to believe? I'm glad you asked. Number one is, it has been universally taught by the Christian church. For 2,000 years, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in all of its forms, when it started uh, back on the day of Pentecost, and then as it even moved into the Catholic Church, and then out of Catholic Church, the Reformation, it doesn't matter, as you trace church history, the one consistent thing that you find is that every major Christian creed contains the virgin birth. Every one of them. You cannot find any of the writings of the major branches of Christianity that do not point to the virgin birth. Every major branch of the Christian church still believes it. Now, I I know, again, I know that there are segments out there. I I know that there are people who are filling pulpits today uh, who who went to seminary and, and, and were educated far beyond their understanding. And I'm not against education, but who now have the audacity to stand in pulpits and to tell people Jesus Christ was not born of a virgin, he was just a man. I've got a couple of questions. One is if you really believe that, why are you perpetuating the fraud upon people's lives? Why do you stand in a pulpit week after week and declare anything about Christianity if you don't believe that Jesus' birth was a miracle? Because if it's, again, I'm, I'm, I'm drilling on this, but I want you to know, if His birth is not a miracle, then His life is ordinary. But if His birth is a miracle, then His life is supernatural. And it is through that supernatural life that you and I are able to experience life. Not only is every major branch of the church still holding on to it, but the New Testament explicitly says it. Again, Matthew and Luke both talk about this thing called the virgin birth, this this miracle that happens. And the great part about it is this, is that it agrees with the rest of the Bible. You remember the very first week when we talked about the promise? that The book of Genesis, the third chapter and the 15th verse said that he would be born as the seed of woman. And we talked about how that normally you would talk about the seed being from the man. But in this setting, the Bible says that it was going to be a supernatural birth because it was going to be the seed of a woman. The book of Isaiah, the 7th chapter and the 14th verse predicts that a virgin will conceive a son and he will be called Emmanuel. The book of John, the 1st chapter and the 14th verse says that the Word, the Logos of God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I want you to hear me and I want you to hear me clearly today in case you haven't heard it yet. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe with all of my heart that there was a miracle that took place over 2,000 years ago where the Holy Spirit showed up over a young teenage girl and overshadowed her and some way, somehow, I don't know how it happened, but impregnated her with the Holy Spirit of God and she brought forth a son and that son's name is Jesus and He is our Savior. If not, then nothing else that we do as Christians matter. If Jesus is not truly born of God, if Jesus is not truly born of a virgin, if Jesus were not born on this earth so that he might die for the sins of mankind, then Christianity is not even a good religious system because everything about Christianity relies upon Jesus. Everything. Every aspect of how we live, how we conduct our lives, who we are, what we believe, every bit of it relies upon the fact that Jesus Christ was God robed in flesh. If you take that away, you have nothing left. See, here's here's what's interesting about the Bible. The Bible tells us just enough to anchor our faith, but not enough to satisfy our curiosity. Our faith is anchored. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. But there are some days I don't understand. I don't understand how he was fully God and fully man. Is is that okay to say? I I don't understand that. He was hungry and thirsty, and yet he fed 5,000 plus women and children. He slept in a boat, yet he walked on water. He wept at a tomb, but He raised Lazarus from the dead. He was just like us, but He was nothing like us. And when I see that,